Hey, what's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here, and I am so excited to be with you today for Propel Church Online. Whether you're tuning in in a watch party or you're in a house party or any other space, we are so excited that you've joined us for church today. Do us a favor and head to propel.church online at some point and fill out an online connect card. It's a way that we can connect with you. You can also share a prayer request with us as well as celebrate what God is doing in your life. We're so excited that you've joined us. Man, we've been in this message series called Made for Monday, and I love it so much because it helps you and I understand that we weren't made or created to hate our work or dread the place that God has placed us in. No, for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be people who honor God through our work because we weren't saved by works, but we were saved to work. So this series has helped you and I navigate that journey and really lean into all that God has for us in the spaces that we work. So in week one of this message series, we talked about excellence and how as followers of Jesus, we're going to go above and beyond. We're not going to settle for the bare minimum, but we are going to invest effort and energy into honoring God through our work. And then last week, we talked all about attitude and how we can't control what happens to us, but we do get to choose how we respond to it. And so we gave you three practical things to do to to fix your eyes, to filter your thoughts, and to feed yourself spiritually. And then we challenged you to this week, over the course of the last week, to choose to think and speak positively of others. And I'd love to hear from you about how that went, how that's going, because truthfully we know that's a process. Your attitude didn't get bad in a day and it ain't going to get fixed in a day. It's a moment-by-moment decision for you and I to honor God. And so if you miss those messages at all, you can jump over to our website or our YouTube page and find those there. But today, I want to talk to you about serving. Serving is incredibly important for us as followers of Jesus. And typically, what we hear about when we hear about serving is getting involved just in the local church. So you'd serve in kids ministry or you'd serve on the worship team. Maybe you'd be an usher or a greeter. But that's not the kind of serving that I want to talk to you about today. While I think those are incredibly important and as we look to regather, we're going to be sharing opportunities for you to serve in that. We are going to talk about how to serve the people in the places that we work. You are called as a follower of Jesus to serve your coworkers. And as we look in Scripture, we may think that God doesn't have anything to say about it. But really, as we look at the life of Jesus, we find that he served his coworkers really well. You may have not thought about it in that context before, but Jesus had 12 disciples. And these disciples and Jesus, they did ministry together. They did life together. They worked together on purpose, on mission. And as they did that, they obviously they ran into some challenges along the way. But Jesus really models for us what it looks like to serve the people that we work with and that we do life with. So if you have a Bible, go with me to John chapter 13. And uh, we're going to jump into opening God's Word together. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It's going to be available at the bottom of the screen today. If you need a paper Bible, do us a favor. Fill out that online Connect card. We would love to place a Bible in your hands. This is what it says in John chapter 13, 
verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Their evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. This is really important. So, so uh, there's division at the table, but this is what Jesus knows. All things are under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. If you're taking notes this morning, which I would highly encourage you to do so, the first thing I want you to write down is this. Serving surpasses convenience and titles. Serving surpasses convenience and titles. Now, we don't know how long of a journey or how long of a day Jesus and the disciples had, but here's what we do know. They've come in from some place. It's the begin it was right before this Passover festival and they're sitting down to have a meal. And if you're anything like me, when you get ready to sit down at the dinner table, a meal is being prepared and you sit down. Do you want to know the last thing that I want to do? Get up. Right? I'm asking people to bring me some ketchup from the kitchen or maybe a new drink because I, I like sitting down. And once I sit down, I typically don't get up to do anything else except what I came there to do, which was eat. But as Jesus is sitting down and he's looking at these disciples, he, what he realizes is there's a great opportunity to serve and nobody's stepping up to do it. So what Jesus does for the disciples, and it's what he does for us, is he chooses to show us what serving really looks like. Oftentimes when we choose to serve, there's going to be a lot of people who are just sitting at the table. But as a follower of Jesus, serving surpasses convenience and it surpasses titles. And it gives you and I the ability to get up from the table and serve the people who God has given us the ability to. To work with. As they sit down, Scripture also lets us know that there's some division that's at the table. And right now, we live in an incredibly divided world. I think what our world really needs is some people who are willing to get up and serve despite their position, despite their role, despite their title, and choose to serve and love the people that God has placed in their life, even if those are going to be the people that they don't agree with and there's some division there. Your call to serve surpasses divisiveness, surpasses division, surpasses animosity that you may have between people, because for a follower of Jesus, we are called to serve. Now, why does Jesus choose to get up and serve? Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says this for us. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. The reason why Jesus is serving is because he didn't come to this earth just so that 
people would serve him. Although he is the king of kings, he is the Lord of lords, he has the title and has the ability to do just that. He deserves our praise. He deserves our service. But the reason why the gospel is so good, the reason why the good news of Jesus is as incredible as it is, is because we have a God who comes to serve us, to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus isn't going to sit at the table and wait to be served. He's not going to wait for his feet to be washed. He's going to choose to lead the way in the area of serving. He's going to choose to get up. He's going to choose to wrap a towel around his waist and bend down and get messy and get dirty because he knows that the calling on his life and the calling for our life is first and foremost to be a servant. A lot of times we pursue great leadership and we want to be, be strong leaders in our workplace. But let me just tell you, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. If you feel like you're too good to serve, you are not fit to lead because the greatest servants are the greatest leaders and the greatest leaders will be the best servants. As a follower of Jesus, you are called to serve other people. Jesus has has every ability to choose to stay seated. He has the ability to have the disciples come and wash his feet. But serving, it surpasses convenience and it surpasses titles. Hey, I know you've worked hard at your job. You've been faithful in your workplace and you've grown through the ranks throughout your entire career, but you're still called to serve. If anybody could just choose to stay seated at the table, it would have been Jesus because he deserved it. But as followers of Jesus, praise God, we don't get what we deserve, which means oftentimes we have to do things that we think we don't deserve as well. So get up from the table. Choose to allow serving to surpass convenience. Allow your serving to be bigger than your title. Maybe the thing that you need to start doing in your workplace, if, if you're leading in any kind of capacity, is choose to be the greatest servant above all else. Because that's really what it looks like as a follower of Jesus. Oftentimes we just want to sit and have people serve us, but that's not even how the king of our kingdom models it. He chooses to serve because that is his mission and his mandate. And as all of these guys are sitting at the table what Jesus does is he sees that nobody is getting up and serving, so he chooses to do so because Jesus isn't in this for easy living. He's in this to make an eternal difference, and I think that that's what you and I want for our lives as well. As we think about serving being more not about convenience, look at what Matthew chapter 5, verse 40 and 42 teaches. If anyone wants to sue you, and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. So what Jesus is saying here is, hey, look, serving isn't going to be based on the, the attacks that come against you. If something comes against you, look, you continue to give, you continue to sow, you continue to serve, it's going to be fine. For 41, and whoever compels you to go one mile with him, go two with him. Give to him who asks, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. 
When we talked about excellence the other week, I brought up this story to you and talked about second mile leadership a little bit. It's a principle that I love and and, am really passionate about because going above and beyond, I think, for followers of Jesus is a mandate. It's a requirement. It's something that we should be known for, although we're really not. And, and what this was is the Roman soldiers would come to your house and they would ask you to carry their bag one mile. And it wasn't really an ask. That's what the law required. But Jesus says, hey, if a soldier comes to your door, if someone comes and asks you to carry their bag one mile, don't stop at one. Stop at two. Because in the first mile, they'll see law. In the second mile, they'll see love. When you only do the bare minimum, People will only see what is required. But when you go above and beyond, they'll see that there's something different inside of you. They'll see you are living different, that there's something that's unique. And when that happens, it creates an opportunity for conversation, for you to really communicate why you work in the first place. And we don't work to serve man. We work to honor God. And all of our work is done as if we were doing it for the Lord. So it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes our way. We still know the calling that God has placed on our life. So let's keep reading as we look back at the disciples and and kind of see the impact that serving had on them in John chapter 3. So in John chapter 3, Jesus has bent down. He starts to wash the disciples' feet, and he gets to this guy named Peter. It says this, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize it now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. Then he said, well, Lord, then don't just wash my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And then Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only water with to wash their feet, their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that's why he said not everyone was clean. Here's the second thing that I want you to know. Serving is a way to love and honor others despite their faults. Serving is a way to love and honor others despite their faults. What I love about Scripture is that serving and honor is not something that's done just as reciprocal giving, right? If, if you love me, then I love you. Jesus says the lost world does that. In the kingdom of God, I love those who don't love me. I pray for those who persecute me. I bless those who try and cause harm to my life. When we look at serving, serving isn't based on the actions of other people. It's based on the calling and the standard that God has placed on your life. It's based on what he's instructed you to do and how he wants you and I to live. So as we're looking to serve others and serve other people, what's beautiful about this story is that we see a few uh, characters in it that get to partake in this foot washing that don't deserve it at all. The first being Judas. Judas is going to uh, betray Jesus. But Jesus doesn't exclude Judas from the foot washing ceremony. You know what Jesus does? 
just like he did with every other disciple, Jesus bends down in front of Judas and washes his feet. Get this picture in your head for a second. Later on that evening, Judas is going to turn Jesus over to the, the, the religious, to, to the soldiers to go and be crucified, to go stand in court. And Jesus is washing Judas's feet, knowing that Judas is about to betray him. That's what serving as a follower of Jesus looks like. It looks like you and I choosing to serve people, even though we know they're probably going to quit in a few months, or we know that they're going to leave us, or they're going to hurt us, or they're going to talk badly about us, because they showed up at the job they have now, and they talked bad about their last boss. I'm just going to tell you, when they talk bad about their last boss, they're going to talk bad about you too. That's just how it works. You know they may betray you. You know they may hurt you, but it doesn't change the call that God has placed on your life to serve them. For some of us, there are people that we quit serving because they wronged you. That's not what Jesus teaches us serving is like in the kingdom. You choose to serve. You choose to keep pursuing. You choose to press on and keep doing it. Why? Well, the next person that we see Jesus do this with is Peter. And Peter's really struggling with Jesus washing his feet because Peter really has a hard time understanding how leaders are first called to be servants. He has this issue with Jesus all the time. At one point, Jesus tells Peter how he's going to die, and, Jesus, and Peter says, that's not how you're going to die, and, and Jesus calls him Satan. It's really funny. You just go find it in Scripture. Peter's got an issue with it. But here's one thing that I took from it as I was reading through this passage of Scripture. Not everybody is going to receive your service well, and that's okay. Sometimes you go to serve people and they get all weird about it. Not everybody's going to receive it well, and they might know, not understand what you're doing in the moment, but Jesus says there's going to be a day when you do understand. And I think when Peter really gets it is later on in the shore when Jesus redeems him. Because Peter leaves this moment He's going to have an encounter with Jesus where he talks about how he's never going to deny him. And then a few moments later in Scripture, we find that Peter does actually deny Jesus. But Jesus ultimately comes back to Peter, wanting to redeem him and restore him. And I think it's in those moments where Peter realizes that Jesus told me I was going to fail, but he chose to serve me anyways. Every follower of Jesus is called to serve. And I think every follower of Jesus is not only called to serve, but you need to know that you are leading in some kind of context. You're a leader. To make disciples means that we're teaching other people how to follow Jesus. And if we're teaching other people how to follow Jesus, then we have followers. And if we have followers, we're leading people in a direction. You're a leader, and a leader in the kingdom of God is called to understand serving. And the reason why we're called to understand serving is because we understand what Jesus did for us. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8 to get a good picture of that. But God shows us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. A lot of us are waiting. 
We're waiting for people to get their act together. We're waiting for them to fix themselves. We're waiting for our boss to acknowledge our hard work or our coworkers to really lean in and, and, and begin to show us appreciation for what we, we do before we keep serving. That's not what a follower of Jesus is called to. A follower of Jesus is called to put service at the highest priority because we understand that while we were still sinning, Christ came. He came to serve us. And he not only came to serve us, he came to give his life for us. That's truly what love looks like. So as you're looking at your workplace, don't let your service to others be about their actions. Use it as a way to show love and honor to people who don't deserve it. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to us as, as sinners who have been saved by grace through faith, we didn't deserve God sending his son, but he chose to because he loved us. And God, every single frustrating coworker you have is a person that Jesus died for. So use those opportunities to serve and love others. And one day, they're going to understand that the reason why you did those things, the reason why you loved them and you served them the way that you did was so that they would get a glimpse of who God really is. And you say, yeah, but pastor, I don't, I don't get to see any of those results. You don't understand how hard and difficult it is. I, I got plenty of people that frustrate me. I promise. I get it. But hey, you're a seed planter as a follower of Jesus. You have no clue what impact you serving in these moments may do for somebody down the road. If you choose to keep planting the seeds now, one day they'll get watered and it will produce good fruit. You just don't get tired of doing what's right. That's Galatians 6, 9. We talked about that in the Excellence Week. So as we get to the end of this story, I want to read you how it ends in John chapter 13. When he had finished... Uh, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to, this, to his place. Do you understand now what I've done for you? So, so Jesus has just washed their feet. He's gone through the process. He's kind of talked to Peter about the fact that, you know, hey, I need to do this. I need to serve you. It, it, I'm, this is my calling. He says, do you understand? He said, you called me teacher and Lord and rightfully so, for that's what I am. Like, that's my position. Now that I am your Lord and your teacher, I've washed your feet. You should also wash one another's feet. You should also choose to serve your brothers, to choose to serve them, to honor them. You should do that to one another. I've set before you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I love the way John 13 verse 17 ends. You'll be blessed if you do them. As Jesus is wrapping up his conversation with these disciples, he's saying, you've seen me serve you. You've, we've gone through this process where I've washed your feet. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around and do it for each other, to do it for others. Because last point that I have for you today is this, serving sets the example for others. 
Remember when I told you earlier you were a leader? You may not buy into that yet, but let me just tell you the actions and the reactions that you have and the way you conduct your life as a follower of Jesus, people on the outside are watching. They're watching the way you serve. They're watching the way you give. They're watching the way you love. They're watching the way you treat people who vote differently than you. They're looking at the way you love people who look differently than you. They're watching you as you interact with your kids and your coworkers. They're seeing you when you get mad. They're kind of observing you as you road rage. I mean, they're watching you at every turn. You have eyes on you. And so as we navigate this life, what we need to understand is is that the patterns we shape, that we have, create the person that we become. And the things that we're doing and the way we're living our life, we want, I'll be honest, for, for my generation and even other generations, I'm tired of listening to people complain about how younger generations don't know how to serve people. Let's have people who step up and start modeling that for how that should look like in their workplaces instead of feeling entitled to be served. We need to be people who are setting the way, who are paving the way for other people to learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. So know that your life is to be lived as an example of who Jesus is for the rest of the world. And what Jesus is telling us is it's like this chain reaction that takes place. When we understand that Jesus came, that he lived a sinless life, and he died to serve us, we've received his love, and now we get to turn around and serve other people. Not so that they think we died for them, because I ain't dying for nobody. But Jesus did. As we look for this thing, as we look at how we live our lives, now when we serve other people, they get to see that there's a God who is willing to serve them and love them. And the good news is, as they understand that, they turn around and serve other people. You and I get to be trendsetters for what serving looks like in our workplace as followers of Jesus. The calling on your life is more important than you may even realize. That's why Jesus said that you, uh, in, in Matthew, that you're a city on a hill. He said, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Because if you light a lamp and put it under a basket, that lamp will never fulfill its intended purpose. Instead, you place that lamp on a stand so that all may see. And doing that, the goal is that your light would shine before all men and they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The end game for us as followers of Jesus is that as we live our lives as light inside this world, that people see how good God really is, and ultimately they turn to Him. That they know that the reason why we serve is all because of what Jesus has done. So the challenge that Jesus gives us is to go and do likewise to continue serving other people, to go into our workplace, to go into the areas where we've just expected to be served and we now choose to serve. And then I love verse 17. Can we pull that verse 17 up one more time? John chapter 13, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
So he's so here's the thing. I've taught you this passage of scripture today. You are only accountable according to the knowledge that you have. So now that you know, now that you know what God has called you to as a servant, you will be blessed. There's that word if. If you do them. A lot of us want blessing, but we don't understand that it ultimately comes through serving. The greatest fulfillment that you'll experience in your life is when you choose to serve other people. So know that today, church. You will be most blessed if you choose to serve people. To realize that serving surpasses convenience and titles. That serving is the way that we show love and honor to other people. And we are now responsible as followers of Jesus to set the example for other people by serving our workplace and the world around us. Let's pray. Hey, Lord, we love you so much, and I thank you for the ability to come to you and just talk about serving today. And as we look at serving, as we look at all that you've done for us, we simply say thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for living. Thank you for dying for us so that in you we can not only be served but choose to turn around and serve others. May you ignite a light inside of us that burns so bright that the world can't help but turn its face to you. We are so grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. We ask you to empower us to serve in our workplaces, to to realize that our life is now not about us, but it's all about you. And for those of you who are watching this right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I've mentioned it several times throughout today's message, but what you need to know is that Romans chapter 5 verse 8 had said earlier, while you were still sinning, Christ came and he died for you. Oftentimes in beginning a relationship with God, we feel like we first have to clean ourselves up. We have to fix our own issues, get our own mistakes together. And then once we're doing a little better, we'll then come to God. But the good news of the gospel is that God knew you were messed up. He knew you had issues and his expectation is not for you to clean yourself, but to simply come to him. And by doing so, you receive the change, and the transformation that's available through Jesus. If you need to begin a relationship with Jesus today, I just want to lead you through a simple prayer that starts your journey to follow him. If you'd like to do that, will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.